Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to that Chelsea podcast, the podcast that is Wembley bound as Chelsea overturn a 1-0 first leg deficit with a commanding, dominant, near-perfect display in the second leg with a 6-1 victory over Middlesbrough. Joining me to look back as Chelsea secure yet another date at Wembley, it's Miss Jessica Frosser. Jess, how are we doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing wonderful. <laughs> Today is a good day. I mean, if by any chance I did not break the curse the last time around because we, you know, we qualified and had a draw. This time around, we actually won the game. So I can safely say there is no curse. Yeah, indeed. Indeed said. If, if you're, if you, anyone's being a Scrooge and not giving the, the Newcastle one because it went to, went, it went to a penalty shootout. Uh, this one we won in regulation time. And it means that Jess's two fun stat before I delve into many, many stats episodes, the two wins Chelsea Vijess has been on the pod to discuss Chelsea winning in 90 minutes have been goals. Uh, we've been games where Chelsea scored six goals, uh, six nil win against Southampton uh, and a six one win today against Middlesbrough. Uh, just as I always do guests, I get them to give themselves a plug to tell people where they can find you. Yeah, um, thank you. I'm um, on Twitter at J underline Rota, J-E underline F-R-O-T-A. So I'm always open to talking about all things and obviously particularly Chelsea. Lovely, lovely stuff. Jess's links will be in the description below. Mike, there's a lot to there's a lot to talk about. Um Jess, let's get into it first up. I want to pay Raheem Sterling squared a ball. Raheem Sterling squared a ball. He squared he squared it twice. He squared it twice. Wonderful seeds. Wonderful seeds. Um but obviously let's get into it. That's the first first goal that that gets it gets it going. Um he squares it for for Armando, and then Armando takes a touch, and Johnny House and bums it in. But just just a quick word, like we, you know, the the goals will kind of be linked into performances, I guess, when we talk about this. Brahim Stern, like he's you know just 
solid professional performance from him, you know, did did what was required tonight, you know, on a night that could have potentially been frustrating. And he just, you know, he kept it simple and just, you know, squared the ball. I just guess for him, why weren't you doing that before? But Jess, it was nice to see that Raheem Sterling had learned to square a football. Yeah, I think he was really, really good. I would have him probably at you know, a top three performance for Chelsea. He was involved uh, in all of our uh, first three goals. And as you said, you know, the first goal was almost like that key moment because it took all the pressure off, I think. I mean, not all of it off, but it was all about scoring early, right? And then having a lot of time to to win the match. And the fact that he was directly involved, as you said, in the first goal. And I mean, I'm counting that as an assist, so like an assist for him. But he was great. He was stretching the pitch. He was playing really, really well with, with Dezazi. Um, and in the first half, even more so than the second half, I think. Um, yeah, so really, really happy with him. And, and he is someone that is often severely criticized by the um, by the fan base, myself included. And I think it's fair to an extent because he is supposed to be that stable, calming, um, experienced person, um, player for us, Sachi and squad. And I think the problem with him is just his consistency because he has shown time and time again that he can produce at a very high level, but, you know, it's not that consistent. It can't, it, it doesn't come very often, in my opinion. Um, and, and so I'm very, very hard on him just because I know what he can do. And today he was very, very solid and showed that he can be very important for us. So lovely to see. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Indeed. Uh, just second goal then, potentially Enzo Fernandez. And just to be fair, considering the positions he was taking up in the, that first 30 minutes, it can't have been, it wasn't that surprising, but he did find himself on the score sheet. Just a thought, I mean, Enzo Fernandez, you know, it was just a real, you know, just masterful commanding performance from Enzo, kind of performance you'd expect from him. But just, it was a very interesting role he took up in the, that first sort of half an hour. And it seemed that as soon as after he, after he got his goal, he was like, right, I've got to go back to doing, doing, doing my proper job. Um, Interesting and just thoughts on him being, you know, playing that role sort of hard. Because at times it did feel like he was sort of just like a, a second striker. For us, given how high up he was playing, I guess it was partly due to, uh, you know, Johnny Housen at times dropping back and, you know, being a being a a, a centre back, you know, in a, in a back five uh, compared to a back four at, at various points. Um, but yeah, Enzo, we've we've often moaned about him, you know, his, him being utilised too high up the pitch at times. He, I think, is probably the highest up the pitch I can remember him in the game for Chelsea. But fair play, you know, that the first thirty minutes. You know, it justified it, albeit it did mean that he was, you know, not necessarily involved in in build up play further back. But you know, you know, then after that, get, he gets said he gets that goal. He then, you know, drops back and he's sort of back in the more usual commanding position. We see him in, and he is just very much, uh, you know, just going through the gears. Said his game by numbers: eighty nine percent pass accuracy, seventy seven touches, fifty five sixty one passes completed, seven out of, seven out of nine long balls completed, five out of eight ground was one, three out of five tackles one, two key passes. And one goal, he just did pull the pull the string. Just fought on his performance, and particularly sort of his his interesting role in that first thirty minutes. Um, I, I will divide it. I think in the first twenty minutes, I was shouting at my TV because I do not want to see Enzo in the same line as the striker all the time. Um, one thing that I like with with how he plays under under our current manager is that he gets a lot of freedom to roam forward, and I know that's something that he likes to do. But I don't see the need, and I don't think he needs to be that high all the time. And I also think that he helps us a lot more when he plays uh, deeper, closer to the center backs, just because of the quality of his past and how um, how much better we get when he is involved in the buildup. 
So I was very stressed with that. I'm not going to lie. Um, and I think actually after the first goal, he started to um, come back and help center backs in creating. I think he noticed that Moises was not getting a lot of passes. I don't know if it was something that the manager decided to, sh to shift or that he decided to do on his own reading what what happened, what was happening in the game, but he decided to come back a lot more and it helped us. And with his goal, for me, it was actually perfect because he started that whole play in midfield, building up the play, and then he just ran and crashed the box and scored. So for me, it showed what um, the ideal world would be in, like what the ideal world would be for him and the position for him and how he can be best utilized, which is helping with the buildup, you know, helping out Moises Caicedo, but also having the freedom to, to crash the box. And it all comes with maturity and understanding at which point he can go forward. Because at the beginning of the game, I was sure that he was told to do that, to, to just be all the time close to the striker. Now I'm not sure if he was told to do that or if just because he had that freedom, he decided on his own. Whatever it was, I really, really don't want to see it again. Um, so, But more of the goals, please, more of the crashing um, late into the box. And as you said, reminded us, I, I think it was you that said it reminded us of our late number eight. And that's something that I think he can contribute a lot as well. And he was obviously very moved with his goal and showed a lot of passion. And was one of his, after that, it was one of his best games for us, I think. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Chelsea's third goal scorer was Axel Dezarsi. Jess, it was kind of like a theme of night, but we would see that Middlesbrough would essentially be caught out playing from back when Chelsea would press up high. Palmer plays ball down the line, saw through Sterling. Sterling, uh, again, crosses it, squares it for Axel Dezarsi to score his first goal since uh, that opening day against Liverpool, where you're also on. So you've, you've, you've been on the pod to discuss both Axel Dezarsi's Chelsea goals so far. His game by numbers, 107 touches, 88% pass accuracy, 74 out of 84 passes completed, 3 out of 4 ground duels won, 3 out of 3 tackles won, 1 key pass, 1 goal. I mean, Jesse, it was just, you know, a really solid night. Obviously, if we knew that Malo Busto was out and, you know, it potentially could be a little bit tricky, you know, Chelsea, because we know that he's, you know, struggled at times at all right, bad, but it was sort of the, the perfect night for him. He was able to to link up, link up play, you know, pretty pretty well. And then as said he, you know, gets gets that get that gets that goal. Um just a really, really encouraging night from from a player who's, you know, come under, you know, quite a lot of, of pressure from from Chelsea fans for just kind of just being a bit underwhelmed by his signing. And I think, you know, there's no reason to go overboard tonight. But it was a this felt like again, just on a night that was kind of was basically almost perfect. It was again just really nicely, you know him get on the score sheet as well, wasn't it? 100%. I, I was one of, 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 the, of the people that was definitely not excited to see him playing right back. Nothing against him. I'm just not huge on the centre-back playing, you know, full-back. So I was really hoping that we got, you know, that we would get to see um, Chili B. But I was, and I knew that Desazi had to play, but I wasn't looking forward. I was a little bit concerned. And we needed to score, and that was not ideal. And boy, did he prove me wrong. For me, he was absolutely fantastic in the first half. Uh, when he moved to center back later on the game, he he made a few mistakes, um, and I think he could have done better when they scored the, the goal. But I'm not. I'm giving him a lot of leeway just because I think he he just didn't have legs anymore because he was just running up and down all the time, the fullback role, 
And so I think he, he deserves a lot of credit for, for tonight. Yeah, indeed, indeed. As I said, Cole Palmer kills that tie off uh, just for half time again. Middlesbrough caught out playing and Cole Palmer slots home, uh, making amends for last week. I'll continue the Cole Palmer conversation in a bit. Um, but Jess, obviously tonight, you know, we saw the first start since I believe that Brighton Carabao Cup uh, tie for Ben Chilwell. He got 65 minutes in the tank. And again, I thought that was a really encouraging display from him. His game by numbers, 95% pass accuracy, 58 touches, eight duels contested, six duels, one, two successful take-ons, two tackles, one chance is created, zero fouls, zero times dual pass. Obviously, he is the one who kind of plays that ball uh, in behind fourth, you know, the first goal for Sterling to then um, square to to Armando. And he obviously was a threat early on as well, you know, trying to exploit, get that space game behind bones when he, you know, heads over from a, a Thiago diagonal. For a player making his first start um, in a long time, I said he looked Good off the bench against Fulham. That was just again, you know, just a really encouraging display from from him tonight, wasn't it? Um, I just I, I don't know how there are still people that still underrate him because he is such a threat, such a good left back. I'm thrilled to have him back. I was seeing the stats that um we only had like Chili B and Reese James playing together for eleven games since the Champions League, which was in twenty twenty one. So, you know, it just makes you think of how much better as a team, as a settled squad and team we would be if we had both of them fit. Um, absolutely the best left back that we have. Incredible to see him playing, playing again. I was expecting him to play for 60 minutes. He got 65. So, I, you know, very close. And, and I hope we can see more of him against Villa. And what I will say for people that follow me, that have been following the whole saga with my mom. So my mom hates football or used to hate football, would only watch World Cup. And slowly, I've been introducing Chelsea to her. She started with the Chelsea women and now she's slowly watching the Chelsea men. So she watched the game with me today. Um, so it was the first time that she actually watched uh, Ben Chiuel and her favorite players were Cole Palmer and Ben Chiuel. So I guess that's something there that, you know, she obviously doesn't know much about football, but she could see how special that he is. Yeah, I've just got to say, Jess, you know, to a lot of people out there, your mum just got this horrendous English bias as well. Um, <laughs> two, two favourite players, but no, Chile was, Chile was excellent again. You know, just get the job yeah, done. Yeah, no, oh, I will say that her favourite Chelsea woman player is is also Lauren James. And so she was a bit bummed when I told her that she couldn't watch today, like her, her brother today, because she was so excited for that. And she was like, but where's the James? Where's the, because she calls him the James. And she's like, where's the James? And I was like, right there, sitting right there behind the bench. And she's like, oh, okay. Lovely story there. And then, as I said, you know, we kind of think, you know, subs some subs gets made and we'll go into them in a bit. And you, we kind of think, oh, this game is petering out. And then Jess, Chelsea spark into life. Uh, Conor Gallagher sets up Cole Palmer to make it five. And it meant Cole Palmer completed, uh, you know, a double a double for Chelsea. That was the first time he'd scored two goals in a game um, at Stamford Bridge. Um, yeah, and after 22 games, uh, he's already scored more goals across all competitions than any Chelsea player last season. Um, his game by numbers, 80% pass accuracy, 61 touches, 35 out of 44 passes completed, six dribbles, three ground rules, one, two key passes, two goals, one big chance created. Um, just a really, really good display from him. Um, and yeah, it was really nice seeing it. means that only Ollie Watkins, 22, has been involved in more in goals for uh, Premier League clubs in all competitions uh, among English players this season than Cole Palmer, who's got 20, 13 goals, seven assists, um, yeah, and he's now scored or scored the same or maybe even more now, depending on the, the age of his tweet, than 
Goldsman, Sean Murphy Phillips, and Adrian Mutu uh, for Chelsea. Just a nice, fun stat for you there. Um, Jess, very much a night where Cole Palmer made amends for, for a very difficult first leg. Yeah, I will say what I love about Cole, and he is what we would call in Brazil, queridinho da torcida, which means that he was very, very um, rapidly, um, very quickly loved by the fan base and like is almost like a sweetheart of the fan base. Um, what I love about him is his consistency. So I think he had one poor game for us. He had games where he was, you know, incredibly impressive and he had good games and he had one poor game. And so I think that's very impressive for his age. And he also doesn't lose his flair. Um, he doesn't lose his confidence. He doesn't, you know, lose the mentality. He's just, he's, he's really fantastic. And I wish we could have seen him maybe get a few minutes rest today because you know, obviously we have Aston Villa, but he continues to impress me with how much he produces, his numbers, um, but also the way that he plays, the way that he passes. Um, he he gave a pass, I think, for the second goal, first for Sterling, who then gave it, you know, the assist to, to Dezazi. It was just, wow, it was phenomenal. So I, I just love him and I can't wait to see more of him, which we should be able to, to do considering his very long contract. Indeed, indeed. And as I said, Jess, the thing I find when I watch Cole Palmer is he's just so efficient. At the start of that game, he wasn't really necessarily involved a huge amount of us. That opening 20 minutes, I found, and I found he's a bit, bit quiet. And I was a bit, you know, worried about him being sort of central again, because I think he's better better out wide. But then again, he sort of just has a unit where he can just come into the game. And then he's just so decisive in that game. So we read out his stats for and he said he gets he gets a couple of goals. He plays a key part in in, the, in um, laying the ball on for Stone to... For, for Dezazi, et cetera. He also then, you know, potentially, you know, could have got Dezazi a second goal uh, later on with a lovely ball. And it's just, I think just what's really nice about him is he's a player that maybe, you know, the spells and games could be quiet, but then he will just at points just burst into life. And he's quite often, as he's done this season, will just be a difference maker and a player that can, you know, help Chelsea get that big win or in the case of today, just help Chelsea kill off his tie and, you know, just make the key contributions to kill off his tie. Um, yeah, I, what I also love about him is that he is courageous. He, he, he doesn't try the safest path, you know, the safe path. He always looks for, for something different, for, for the best path, and not necessarily the safest. And so he, he's not afraid to do take-ons. He not, he, he's not afraid of a bit of flair, right? And I think we miss that almost. And, and I think he brings that to the side. And as you said, uh, he, he's efficient as well. So it's, it's the best of both worlds. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. Um, as I said, 
Middlesbrough get a late consolation uh, with Morgan Rogers, who may well be, you know, not if he's he's been linked with a move to Aston Villa, that's not a bad way to, you know, to try and get a move over the line. It meant that he's the first Middlesbrough player to score at Stamford Bridge in any competition since Alan Boxic on the 23rd of September 2001. It ended a run of nine games without scoring at Stamford Bridge. He said Chelsea won 6 1, which meant that only two sides have ever scored six plus goals in a, a League Cup semi final second leg. The other was Aston Villa against. Uh, Blackburn in 2009-10. It means that Chelsea have reached 18 domestic cup finals since 2000. That's for most by the big six. Next on that list is Man United with 12. You've got Arsenal 11, Liverpool on 10. Who will be looking to make that 11 tomorrow night? Man City on 10, Tottenham on five. Um, it was a truly, truly just wonderful night. They said Chelsea have now reached the EFL Cup final for the tenth time in their history. Only Liverpool 13 have reached the final more times in the competition's history. Jess, obviously at 4-0, 4-0 um, you know, the tie was basically dead at, dead at half-time. We knew that. We were 45 minutes from Wembley. And I guess it was an opportunity for subs to made and, and with an eye on the Aston Villa Cup tie on Friday. Uh, McCullough and Mitrick were drawn at half-time for Nonny Madueke. Um, Jess, I would say McCullough and Mitrick, I thought, just was very quiet. And that first half was not that effective. And you then compare that Nonny Madueke comes on that second half, second half and we get a little bit of a scare a few minutes in when he goes down clutching his shoulder and thinking, oh, God. Is that is that another injury for Chelsea? But hopefully it's nothing serious. He does, you know, he sees out the game and hopefully it's it's not too bad. 85% pass accuracy for Nani, 36 touches, 17 out of 20 pass completed, six dribbles and one goal. And Jess, I mean, look, I don't think it was vintage Nani. You know, I don't think he necessarily was necessarily too involved too much, you know, until sort of later on when Chelsea sort of sparked into life again later on. But he gets a goal and it just, you know, for him, just continues a run form, which I said post, I said post, you know, that he came on you know, the dying embers of that that Wolves game and, you know, had a good cameo. And just since then, it, this has been, and we'll get on to it later when we talk about Chelsea, but this has just been quite, a, you know, a solidly just a good month for, for Nonny Madueke and just putting his name in the in, in Poch's plans moving forward, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's all you can ask for such a young player. And I think he's been taking the chances that he does get and it's been lovely to see. He's been adding the numbers um, and having a lot more confidence in himself. So it will be interesting to see what um, the manager's choices is when it comes to Villa, because I think maybe uh, it will be Connor and not Mudrick or Nani. But if we're going by by today, I think Nani has a much a better case to be starting that game. Yeah, yeah, it was a really, really nice to see Nani just continue his good form. Uh, Alfie Gilchrist comes on for Ben Chilwell, gets 25 minutes again, just not to see Alfie just continuously involved. It's been, again, a good month for good month for Alfie just just being involved in this side um and Jess and one of the other subs Con Gallagher who comes on for Armando Breyer I'll be honest when I first saw this sub come on I just thought oh, Poch really is it necessary is it hugely necessary I love obviously I you know I love the bones off of Conor Gallagher but I'm looking at that Chelsea team nothing and there is a game Friday I obviously completely understand getting Armando Breyer off you know because he is basically Chelsea's main main striker at the moment um but Jet and you know I did think maybe can you bring David Washington on it's sort of the perfect situation uh, but Jess, that doesn't happen. Conor Gallagher comes on and he made that 25 minutes count. 85% pass accuracy, 26 touches, 17 out of 20 passes completed. Three out of four ground duels won, two out of two dribbles completed, two key passes, two assists, one big chance created. Again, he came on and said in that when that game sort of was, you know, petering out as it was, he did then inject some life into that game. And it did allow Chelsea to, to go on and, you know, make that scoreline even more, even more emphatic. Uh, you know, it was, you know, Penn, it was interesting, you know, him being left out, um, Starting eleven for what's worth, I didn't really have an issue with it because I think he had, you know, I mentioned of a previous squad against Fulham. You know, at times, at times I felt, you know, in that game he played it too safe and Poch was getting frustrated with him, and I didn't think he was great in the Fulham game. And obviously, I don't think he was great in that Middlesbrough game. It kind of gets lost in just the general big picture of just how, you know, losing one 0 in that first leg to Middlesbrough. Um, Jesse, you know, so I've, you know, a quiet 
quite a few games, you know, after a really encouraging start of the season. But again, that was just really nice for him to come on in those 25 minutes. And again, just, you know, just show his worth to this Chelsea team. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think he started a little bit slowly. Um, the game actually sort of slower than the, the, obviously the other players were already playing. So I think he took a few minutes to really settle into the game. But once he did, I think he had like two assists. To assist, so he he finished the, the game in a in a strong fashion. Um, my only critique, and, and this is not about Connor, um, is it's about the game. My only critique in the game about the manager, and again, it, it's very nitpicking because I'm very very happy, and I don't like to be that person. But I'm trying to be objective. So for nitpicking, my only objection for the substitutions would be taking out Modric and Broya, and the reason for it is because. Neither were playing good, right? They're both not playing well enough, in my opinion. Um, so in a normal game, in a normal scenario, I think those would be the right, you know, people to come off. But I think um, because we were already 4-0 up, um, we needed to preserve the players and having an eye on Friday. I don't think, I think we could have rested um, key players, um, maybe like Hope Homer or Enzo Fernandez or something like that. Or maybe even if your plan is to play Thiago, Thiago again on Friday, then maybe rest him or whatever it is. So I think he could have, and I'm talking about Pac here, he could have an eye on, on Friday a bit more because he, this is just a feeling. So maybe I'm, I'm talking complete nonsense, but I think the reason, uh, Armando came came off was not because he is going to play on Friday, but because he was not playing that well, which is was the same reason from from Mudrik. Um, and so that would be my only only criticism of the substitutions that we saw. Um, and again, normal circumstances completely fine, but because of the we had like we had room in the scoreline and all of that, maybe could have rested a, a, a few key players more. But again, just nitpicking um, if, if we had to criticize something. Fair enough. I mean, yeah, I said, obviously, Mudrick for Noni, I guess, is one because also that does just limit the subs you, you can make later on. I said, oh, as for Armando, I don't know if if he does start against Aston Villa, then I think it kind of makes sense that he did get subbed. Um, and I don't really have an issue with that. I guess Ben Vioffshoes, you know, did Colonies come? Could you have, you know, brought David on bash? Like a kind of a minor point. Moises Caicedo does get rest. Uh, he gets a 20-minute rest, so Carney comes on for him. Just again, good to see Carney getting some minutes. Obviously, he started the season, you know, really well. And obviously, that injury just in that second game of the season just, you know, happened at worst time. And hopefully, he can, you know, establish draw forward. And then, you know, Jess has said, you know, just again, a nice nice moment for, for Leo Castledine. Um, you know, I think he was meant to sort of be involved against Preston or so and, and missed out with, with illness. But he gets he gets his, his moment, his Chelsea debut, and said it's just, you know, nice. But who knows how long, you know, how what type of Chelsea careers these players will have. But again, we've seen Alf- Alfie Gilchrist in this last month, you know, get get some game time. And now Leo Castellan gets a debut. And yes, Chelsea have got a, you know, got, got a lot of players that are injured as well. But it also, you know, been quite nice that, you know, in this game and, and you know, in the last month, so Poch has been quite happy to go to go to the academy. Maybe not as much as some people would like, um, but he's still been, you know, happy to go to the academy. And as last one said, just a nice moment for, for Leo Castledine. I'm always going to be happy when we see an academy debut. Um, I, I I know some people on, on Twitter think about, you know, other people being very close to the academy and all of that. But maybe it's because here in Brazil, for our clubs, we're just all so joyous and happy when we have someone from the academy involved in the senior the senior team and maybe get a call up to the national team eventually it's like a 
something to be, you know, that we, we feel so much pride in that. And when I started um, being a Chelsea fan, when I was a kid, I kind of transferred, I think, that thought line. So I'm just always very joyful and just I feel so proud of those, you know, the kids because the academy is part of the club and to, to see someone so connected to the club and to what it represents, have, have their debut, debut is always a fantastic moment in my opinion and something that we can appreciate as you said we don't know what the future holds but it's going to be a moment in memory for for the young players and that's always something incredibly nice yeah um jess i kind of want to then move this you know forward on you know just chatting about potch obviously i think you know he came into this under pressure obviously after what happened in that first leg against middlesbrough crashing out of his competition would have been unthinkable and would have probably done a lot of damage to just how he was viewed amongst this fan base and just obviously I know you you know a bit a tiny bit you know a bit critical there about you know subs could you maybe got what you know palm both Palmer and Enzo off um but Jess for what it's worth we saw players you know for the most part you know given who we had in their actual positions we saw Ben Chilwell at left back you know small victories right small victories yeah and we saw actually Levi playing left center back and how much better he is when he plays in center back and and that was fantastic um you know i i've been critical of, of, of our manager not as critical as other people but i think we are slowly improving and to say that we're not is to be blind i think you can't be you know that harsh we have to stay objective and there are um visible improvements in the way that we play and also with the players returning from injuries, allowing players to play in their actual positions and all of that, um, it, it's a boost for us. So um, I, I just say we have to wait until the end of the season. I'm not one of those people that ask for the manager to be sacked. I think after a season, we can look back and see whether or not the manager deserves the, the confidence and deserves to have more time or, or not. But I think he made, if not all, 99% of the decisions were correct today. And there's something to to give him praise for. And I'm very, very happy with him. Yeah, and Jess, just on a sort of wider point, you know, obviously that first, like, you know, the feeling was bad on the podcast. You know, we kind of said it was really bad, but I went made sure not to go overboard because it was two legs and I was pretty confident Chelsea would turn it around and was, you know, wanted to feel the way. And Jess, in general, since that performance at Wolves on Christmas Eve, it just left, you know, Southampton. South. It's been, you know, pretty perfect sort of month since since then. And, you know, granted, at times it's not been the most convincing. At times it's been things to leave you scared and things to leave you wanting more. But, yes, yeah, since that Wolves game, Chelsea have progressed to a Wembley final in the Carabao Cup. They've progressed to the, the, to the fourth round of the FA Cup. We've got, obviously, a tie against Aston Villa on Friday, which we'll get on to in a bit. And they've won three games in the Premier League and Jess, in amongst this time as well, they have closed the gap and, you know, and moved up in table as well on teams above them and said they are, we currently sit ninth in the Premier League, but we are one point off Manchester United in eighth, one point off Brighton in seventh, four points off West Ham in sixth. As said, as you said, you know, a few minutes ago just then, you know, judge, you know, proper judgment can come at the end of the season. But this month has probably felt, you know, barring that horrible Middlesbrough first leg, it's the most calm and just relatively relatively and I say relatively because there were moments in it but relatively peaceful and just just relatively like one of the most pleasing months and probably one of the longest periods of time at Chelsea where it's actually just felt 
quite happy for the first time in a while. And you look at the fixtures, there's nothing to, you know, necessarily go overboard about. Chelsea have essentially taken care of business and done what was expected. But given what we've seen at Chelsea at the start of the season and what we watched throughout all of last season, that was no guarantee. So just just thoughts on what has been essentially, you know, just a really since since Wolves and say till till right now, just a, a really pleasant month, which is which is quite nice. I've been I've been able to be feeling pretty positive about Chelsea for a sustained period of time, which is nice, isn't it? And we can enjoy our weekends a lot more, right? So it's perfect. Um, as you said, it's taking care of business, and that's what we should be doing and as you said at the beginning of the season we were not doing that so I think it came to a point where we needed results right we needed results we needed to climb the table we needed to close the gap we needed to you know give hope I think and in the sense that we still have something to fight for um this season and I think we succeeded in doing that we closed the gap in the league for the European positions We are still fighting. Obviously, we're in the final and we're fighting for the FA Cup. So we gave that hope back, um, something to look forward to as fans. And that's what we needed to do in terms of the results. Um, and as I said, slowly we are seeing progressions in terms of the way that we perform in the actual matches. Um, we have two really big games coming up, obviously, with the FA Cup um, game and then uh, Liverpool game. On, on the league. So I think those two results can be massive for us or, you know, if we can get them or something positive in our way, it can be massive for, for, for our season. So we just have to wait and see. And obviously it's Chelsea, right? So anything can happen. Um, and I'm always going to believe that we can win any game um, ever because again, we're Chelsea. Um, but yeah, so we're seeing improvements and again, with the injured, injured players coming back, Can help us a lot. I think Carney is someone really interesting that can can give us that tall um, presence that sometimes we we throw a miss because he's lanky, he's tall, he has the, also has the flair like Cole. I'm so excited to see him back with us. And obviously, Chile. I think we can we may be going to see Malagusto back again, which would be wonderful to have two fullbacks fit again playing in their actual positions. That would be incredible and it's such a small thing for us but it would be fantastic um and also someone that we haven't talked about and it's Petrovic I think he has been great for us very very solid I'm loving what I'm seeing for him very very young and I think he has been helping us a lot actually in this run so excited to see more of him um but yeah positive signs things to look forward to and I think this This run, you know, the, the past run of games gave me hope and something to believe in again. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Indeed, and I think that's the most important thing for us as fans to cling on to. Jess, we'll just kind of quickly look, you know, ahead to, to Aston Villa. On Friday, said if this at the start, this did feel like a season-defining week. Aston Villa on Friday is obviously a big game, and it, it is still, you know, really important for Chelsea season. It does feel that a tiny, a tiny little weight, a tiny bit of pressure, sort of has been lifted due to the fact that we are through to a Wembley final. But Jess, it is a short turnaround, and as you know. 
as pleased as we are that we did see players sort of in their natural positions, I'm just going to throw it out to you. Do you think we're going to see that on Friday? Because I am not sure we see a Ben Chilwell start on Friday. I could be wrong. He gets substituted after 65 minutes. You know, he'd obviously had a, a 10-day break before this. I think it would be risky to start him against Aston Villa on Friday. But then again, I'm also just, you know, wary that Chelsea are basically... Chelsea don't seem to learn their lesson and posture that Nashri doesn't always seem to learn their lesson due to the fact we just continuously, continuously play Gusto and now we're kind of suffering uh, the small consequences of that. Uh, just just a quick look ahead to 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 um Friday night. I guess the lineup that started tonight, are there many changes you would make to it? And if so, which changes would you make to the team that we saw tonight uh, to play on Friday? I think it all depends on, as you said, how fit Chile is to play on you know such a such short amount of time and also Malagusto part of me thinks the reason he didn't play today is because you know he wasn't 100% fit he had the the Moscow overload thing um, but also to not risk him because we're gonna have you know Villa and Liverpool so we have one fullback so maybe we can guarantee at least one fullback for for Villa um, so obviously it depends on if Chile is fit, then I would start him if he is fit. Um, or at least start one fit fullback. So I think at least one of Malagusto and Chile have to start because otherwise we move to, to stale and they add a lot of threat, uh, threat in terms of our offensive output. So in my opinion, it would be very, uh, I don't even know how to put it, but, but it would be almost like boring. In a sense, you know, where you we play from side to side and doesn't go anywhere, and you don't have overlapping with with our wingers and all of that. And I don't want to see that against Villa. I don't think that leads to anywhere good in terms of the result that we need. So at least one of them has to start, in my opinion. And you're right, it is it is a risk. But I'm not the medical department, so I don't know which of them. Ideally, both would start, but I don't think that's feasible either. Um, and then I think. We're going to see Conor Gallagher come back in and then maybe Noah Mundo for that. And, and, and you have Cole, okay, so number nine. Connor comes number in, nine. If we say yeah. Connor comes in, are we, Jess, are we say putting Sterling up top? Are we putting, are we putting Sterling up top? Are we putting Palmer on the right? And then are we, then is it between Mudrick and Madwaki for who starts on the left? Because this might seem bizarre to people, but I think due to, I actually think Mudrick might be better suited to playing Aston Villa the Madwaki just due to the fact that I think there will be more space for him due to how they play. We know they like playing a high line and I think Mudrick, if you can get him running into space, is perhaps yeah, maybe I... maybe best suited for that. I mean it's interesting. I mean people there'll be some people who won't want Stern to start, but I I think Reem Sterling is, you know, just based off this performance, based off winning a penalty against Fulham. I just think Reem I don't see a world where Raheem Stern doesn't start and I said especially if if as you said you suggest that Armando's substitution was purely for actual performance and not for being rested for Friday. If we say that Armando doesn't start Friday, then I think you've probably got maybe Sterling up top, unless you put Palmer up top, but I'd rather probably have Palmer out wide than and maybe Sterling through the middle. I don't know, just thoughts? Um, again, this if, if it was completely up to me, I would be playing... People are going to let... I would be playing David for a long time now. Um, you know this. So David would be playing. So I'm not thinking about what is up to me, but what I think uh, Pochettino will do. So I, I think in this again, I I don't see how Mudrik starts based on what he did today. 
So I agree with you. I think maybe Villa is a lot more suited for him. And I think he, he would be a good option. But I don't know how much um, the way that he played today will, will influence um, Puck's decision for Friday. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm expecting Cole Palmer number nine, actually. But I might be wrong. Again, it's just an expectation. I might be completely off. Um, here, so you know, it's just a, a something that made me think based on his substitution. Fair enough. Well, we'll have to wait and see. This that is Friday night, a quick turnaround for Chelsea, but a potential, you know, for it to be a, a truly wonderful week with Chelsea progressing in both competitions. We will have to wait and see. But for now, Chelsea have booked a place in the Carabao Cup final, and it means, thank God, I don't have to worry about Chelsea playing Spurs on a Friday night in the Premier League. I can instead enjoy doing a podcast about Chelsea playing in a Carabao Cup final against either Liverpool or Fulham. Come on, Fulham. Um, Anyway, that's going to wrap it up till the next episode of that Chelsea podcast. It's been a truly wonderful night. It's been probably one of the happiest nights of the season. It was a near, as we've gone on, it's been a near perfect night for Chelsea in the Carabao Cup. I want to thank Jess for coming on. Jess, it's been a pleasure. And I said, if, if there were any doubts about your 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 curse, I think you put it to bed tonight with a, which was a, a truly sensational uh, Chelsea win, wasn't it? Fantastic. I'm so, so happy. Um, sometimes I talk like very calmly and people can tell how excited I am, but I'm so happy. And I'm also so happy as we talked about because my mom got to see it and to see her shouting and screaming for, for a sport that she didn't really care about before. It was fantastic. And she was like a true fan shouting. So that was just a bonus for me. It was, it was great. Um, today was, was great. Um, one thing that I, that I will say today that I loved was the way that we pressed, like the whole team pressed. And we didn't see that again on the first leg. So hopefully it's something that translates to our next game on Friday. And this is something that I'm hoping to see. And if we do, I think we actually, you know, we, we have a chance. We have a decent chance. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jess, as always, you guess, again, to give yourselves one fun plug. So, you know, tell people where they can find you. If, you, if they've enjoyed listening to what you, you've said on the podcast, Dave, and where can they, they find you? Um, if any of you like any of my rants and ramblings or just want to talk um, random things with me, I'm uh, I'm on Twitter at Je underline Frota. So you're more than welcome to to come say hi. Lovely, lovely stuff. Jess's links will be in the description below. As for us on Twitter or X of that Chelsea Pod on Instagram that Chelsea Pod on all your usual podcast platform fighters, Apple, Spotify, Google, etc. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please feel free to leave a rating review. Whenever I tweet put any likes and reposts go a long way. And let's share the love, people. It's been one of the best nights of Chelsea season. They've reached the Carabao Cup final and we look forward to covering that and hopefully what will be, you know, the start of a glorious glorious era under Pochettino but there's a lot of football to go till then and said we'll be back uh, or on Saturday for you to look back about on Friday night's game against Aston Villa so until the next episode keep a blue flag flying high good evening Nick Wembley that is all Sports Social Podcast Network step into the world of power loyalty and luck I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply